You're listening to The Big Show with Russick and Rose on the official home of your Calgary Flames, Sportsnet 960 The Fan. Hour number two, Big Show, Russick and Rose, Sportsnet 960 The Fan, live from Doug Lacey's Basement Systems downtown studio. Man, we got lots to do in this show. The last hour I told you about how Tom Brady wants to jump into stand-up comedy. We're taking your text messages at 960-960. If Daryl Sutter was a stand-up comedian, give us some material. 960-960, name and location. Steven Seagal is trending on Twitter. Please don't look it up. I will tell you later why he's trending on Twitter. And I'm talking to you, Matt Rose and Patrick Dumont. Do not look up why Steven Seagal is trending on Twitter. And then at 8.30, tell all your loved ones, even your enemies, Impossible Flames trivia for a prize at 8.30. Jam-packed show. Busy, busy, busy. But right now, on the Atlas Pizza and Sports Bar guest hotline, David Panyota, editor-in-chief of the fourth period and host and analyst on Sirius XM NHL Network Radio. David, good morning. How are you? Good morning. Good morning. I'm tired. Um, yeah. <laughs> but uh, but uh, I'm, I'm good. It's a busy week, and it's already been a busy few days. Um, take us through your weekend, because um, I know a lot of people, especially on uh, our network and the other three-letter network, uh, they always cringe every time a big deal happens before Friday because they want it all on Friday. But what was your weekend like, and how much was your phone blowing up during all these deals? Uh, I've averaged, I think, four full recharges on my cell phone. <laughs> over the last three, four days since Friday. Um, and it's a new phone. So there's a lot going on. Uh, yeah, it, it was one thing after another. And Sunday, quite frankly, I mean, it, it felt like a mini deadline day with everything going on as we waited on the buyer situation to unfold and word started to trickle out, you know, who, which players were involved and why is it taking so long? And we find out about the injury and the, the reconfiguration of that, plus the, the Janot deal and everything else that transpired. That day, there were the, the morning deals with Dadnov and Barbashev. It was just a wild-filled day and, and a lot of talk. And as teams found themselves out of the race for some of those players, they shifted in other directions, and those shifts have continued to transpire here uh, going into Tuesday. And with three days till the trade deadline, um, it, we may not see as many of the big, flashy, sexy names on deadline day. I still always think there's, there's that one out of left field that always catches everybody off guard. And I still think that's possible. Um, but there's still a lot of names and quality players that are out there. Uh, so I, I definitely still anticipating a busy few days here. Well, David, now I have to ask you, um, you're talking about left field players. Is there somebody out there that maybe you've heard whispers about that maybe none of us are talking about? Well, uh, the one name that I got overnight, um, and he's got a modified no trade. I think there's four teams on his list. Cam Fowler out of Cal, uh, excuse me out of um, of Anaheim uh, is a player that's we're starting to hear his name a little bit more. And in the last few weeks, we've we've heard others with no trade protection uh, that have started to pop up, like Colton Pareto and Tori Krug out of St. Louis. So with these names, there's there's a clear need or at least a desire for top tier defensemen across the National Hockey League and for teams that are looking to shift. And we, obviously, there's Jacob Chikrin out there. Uh, but for teams that are looking to reshape their blue line, it seems that they're exploring multiple different options and trying to basically turn over every stone and see if they can get something um, that may not have been available a few months ago, last season and whatnot. So Cam Fowler's name, I mean, John Gibson, there's a lot going on with the Ducks, by the way. 
Um, they have John Klingberg. They have Dmitry Kulikov. They're trying to trade. They're trying to get Kevin Shattenkirk locked. They've been trying for a while to get him locked into an extension. If that doesn't work, they may move him. Henrik's name, Silverberg, John Gibson, Alex Stolarts. Uh, and now we're hearing Cam Fowler. So it's going to be interesting to see how these next, again, few days kind of unfold. Um, but there are teams that are active. There are teams that are busy. Carolina, Washington, Vegas, St. Louis, all very active. Um, and uh, the Flames, too. So there's a lot of teams that are looking at doing a variety of different things here. And it could spice things up. And, I'm, I mean, for our sake, for the network's sake, I, I'm going to be on NHL Network in the U.S. the whole day on their broadcast. Um, we're hoping for more activity on deadline day, but these are all exciting days. Um, David, I wanted to ask you this, and, and we want to get into the trades and the trade talk too, but I know that the NHL kind of held the players over a barrel. They, they instituted the hard cap, the escrow. We, we know the players kind of got screwed over by the NHL with, with what they have to pay and, and this hard cap. And I felt like mm-hmm. maybe the, the no trade thing was a bone they threw to the players. But the NBA doesn't have that. There's only like one or two guys in the NBA who has that. Why does the NHL insist on having these teams? It's already impossible enough to make a deal with how hard the cap is. Now when you throw in, well, I won't go to these, list a list all these teams down. Is that something maybe the next uh, CBA that they can maybe, uh, if they get rid of that, the players can get something else? Because I feel like that's another enormous hurdle in all of these these trade talk because trades are good for the league. It's good for interest. It's good for fans. And we don't see any trades now until like well after Christmas. If, if you want that to happen, then you're going to have to either eliminate escrow entirely, or you're going to have to institute some type of luxury tax system. The players fought for that. Um, and that was the concession on the league side to give them the ability to list teams or to have no trade clauses or modified, no trades, no movement clauses and so on. Um, in, in, in order for this cap and for the escrow and all that stuff to be instituted. So I don't see that happening anytime soon. It's a good point. Um, but, I mean, if, if the, the players want that, and I, I think at this point that will never be eliminated um, because it's been here for, for so long and everybody's comfortable with it. But if the league turns around all of a sudden, pulls a 180 and says, all right, let's consider a luxury cap system. Let's consider uh, spreading things out so that there is more wealth across the board. Let's modify – two-way contracts and how AHL deals are compensated and things like that, then that may shift um, the mindset. But I, I hear what you're saying, I, I, and, and it is tough. Um, the, the simplest way to do it, quite frankly, and it's not what the league wants by any stretch, is to institute a soft cap or a luxury tax system, which makes a lot of sense, but for whatever reason, they're just a hard no on that. David, we've heard names like Cam Fowler, John Gibson, Colton Pareko, JT Miller. The trend here, Josh Anderson, would be that all these guys have term on their deals still. Does it feel like this year maybe more than others, and I'm sure that the flat cap has a reason for it, that teams are maybe more open to trading guys that have a little bit of term on their deals? Yeah, absolutely. And we've noticed that um, over the last, I guess, few seasons here where – you know, teams are looking at um, bringing in players not just for one run, but for multiple runs. And that's why, you know, we've seen in the last few years, especially Tampa really got this trend going um, with respect to making moves with guys with term or, or who are controllable. So with, with RFA status. So we're seeing that more and more, and there's more of an appetite 
to, to pull that off, to go after players that could help you this season, next season, and potentially beyond, like with what happened with uh, the Maple Leafs and Chicago Blackhawks yesterday. Jake McCabe, two years left on his contract after this year. Sam Lafferty, one more season left after this year. So it's not only about getting them now, but getting them for a bit of a stretch if you can build something. Mm-hmm. Uh, and obviously we saw that with Jano again in Tampa. So, and, and at the same time, teams have a willingness to do that because the prices usually go up for those types of assets. So it's, it's a win-win on both sides in terms of getting a player beyond one year and also maximizing your overall return. Let's dive into some juicy rumors. Uh, what are you hearing in relation to the Calgary Flames, David? Oh, man, let me tell you, th- there was a lot of talk in the last few weeks about what's going on in Calgary. And, and obviously things started to spew out afterwards and Alan Walsh got in the mix and all kinds of stuff. And since then, it has been Fort Knox. It has been very, very tight with respect to exactly what they're planning on doing, thinking of doing everything there. It, it does sound like there are some considerations towards making some pretty significant changes. Now, whether that happens now or it, it gets pushed to the off season, um, I mean, obviously we're going to have to wait and see, and we'll, we'll probably know a lot more in the next three days, but th- there's, there's, you know, talk. And I reported this what, three weeks ago that there were s- some teams kind of inquiring about Mackenzie Weger's availability. Again, they're not shopping them but teams are knocking on the door. And when you're in a situation where, you know, the team starts to flounder a little bit or not in the most fortuitous situations, the vultures start to circle. So that's happened. Um, there's consideration as to what's going on behind the bench. And is there going to be the potential for a change either now or in the off season? That noise has continued over the last few weeks. Um, they would lo- they want to add, there's no question Brad Treliving would like to help improve his team's chances at making the playoffs. But again, when you're struggling and when, you, when, when teams and other managers know that your team is not in the best spot, they're not really going to throw you a bone. So would they like to add? Would they like to improve uh, their team? Yes. I, I'm just not sure it's that easy, and especially with everybody or the bigger names coming off the market. It's going to take a lot of creativity for Brad for a living to make any significant, impactful moves here over these next three days. Interesting. Um, what are you hearing on the Jacob Chikrin front? You had a tweet yesterday saying that uh, this might be moving closer and that the Coyotes would really like to get it done by the deadline, as I think everybody around the sport would like to see yeah. as well. Yeah, especially Jacob Chikrin. Um, <laughs> rather than pushing this off to the summer again. Um, but yes, last night uh, I, I was informed by a couple different people that talk has picked up. Uh, things have started to heat up, not just warm up, but heat up again with respect to his situation. Washington in the mix, Carolina in the mix, um, L.A. still in the mix. They thought they had a deal with the Kings uh, two, three Saturdays ago, whenever whenever February 11th was when he got scratched. They thought that they were going to have something there with L.A. Obviously something changed, and here we are, but the Kings are still in that mix, and we obviously know there are other teams that have been poking around. Winnipeg, uh, Calgary had inquired earlier this month as well. Uh, St. Louis, Columbus, and, and, and Buffalo and a few others have been poking around. But it definitely seems like we're, there, there's been a lot more traction over the next, or excuse me, over the last 48 hours. Um, and the expectation is that he will be moved. But with this situation, I'm leaving it in the 50-50 realm because it's gone so long. Uh, but there definitely seems to be a lot of movement on Chikrin's front. Look, the Coyotes want this to end, too. This isn't just something for Chikrin. I know at the start of the season he said, look, get me out of here. Just make it happen. I understand it's going to take a while. 
but just do it. They want to do it too. Um, and Bill Armstrong, I give him credit. He's held firm Joe Sackick style when he dealt with Matt Duchesne. He held firm. He got his price. That's what Armstrong has been trying to do with Chikrin. Um, but eventually you need to you know, start to make that make everything start to flow and get to a get to a finality here. So I think we're getting there in these three days. David Pagnona, editor-in-chief of the fourth period, host and analyst on Sirius XM NHL Network Radio, joining us here on the Atlas Pizza and Sports Bar guest hotline, Big Show, Russick and Rose, Sportsnet 960, The Fan. Um, David, does Ken Holland have the gumption of really going out there and hitting a home run and making that deal to improve his blue line? He's trying. Um, he, he really is. The Carlson thing, I mean, that fizzled about three, four weeks ago. And when San Jose made it clear they weren't eating more than two or, or excuse me, three million of, of Carlson's $11.5 million AAV. So that's, that was out the window. He's been looking for other, uh, other, other, excuse me, other options as well as some, some uh, additions up front. He was in on Sam Lafferty. Uh, obviously that didn't happen. He's a member of the, the Leafs now, uh, but from a defensive market perspective, yeah, they're, they're fully engaged and Kenny Holland is trying to make something happen. Um, and this is another guy that wants to ideally look at somebody that can come in with term. And it wouldn't shock me if they make two additions to that blue line at the end of the day. They want a mobile guy, that much is clear, but they also understand the need to bring in somebody that can help actually play defense, which is needed, especially come playoff time. You know, you could, everybody poo-poos the goalies all they want, um, and, and consistently, I get that, but they need some help on that back end as well to help bail them out every once in a while. They've circled back on Vladislav Gavrikov. They were not willing to pay a first and a third rounder for him. That has reshifted uh, in terms of their talks, although they still won't pay that price. Kenny Holland's not giving up a first round pick for a rental. Um, but he is looking around to see who he can get. Eklund, uh, excuse me, Ekholm discussions have picked up as well as uh, uh, Joel Edmondson. So we'll see where that kind of unfolds. What are you hearing on Gavrikov and, and what might have happened between the Blue Jackets and the Buffalo or the Boston Bruins uh, with Gavrikov yeah. being out for trade-related reasons? It sounded like something was there, but maybe different stories from either side. Yeah, Columbus thought they had a deal, um, and that's what they were pretty much telling everybody. And other teams that were in on him thought that he was going to Columbus, so they shifted, like Edmonton, like L.A., and so on. Uh, so as far as I know, as of yesterday, as of last night, there was nothing imminent on that front um, in terms of having to reshift. They, again, they thought they had a deal with Boston. The Bruins went in a different direction. Gavrikov thought he was getting dealt. I mean, whatever. It is what it is. Unfortunately, it fell through, and he's still sitting. He will not play their next game anyway uh, until the deal is done, and he will be traded. It's just a matter of now Columbus having to go back to the drawing board, back to square one, and try to maximize the return. Like I said, Oilers still there. Carolina's been involved in that Winnipeg as well um, LA I think it's a backup plan now Gavrikov's agent has been given permission and he's had permission for the last month plus to talk to teams about an extension I- I'm not expecting an extension as part of a trade here um, he'll probably look to something in the summer but uh, he's going to get moved it's just a matter of how much uh, or how big of a package rather can Yarmo Kekalein and their GM pull from another team I'd be surprised at this stage if it includes a first-round pick. It may end up being something around two seconds, um, but a first might be a little bit uh, too pricey just because of how many defensemen are in the market. David, how busy are the Ottawa Senators going to be, especially after that win last night and maybe a win tonight against the Red Wings to get really back into this thing? 
Yeah. Uh, sorry, I missed the first part of the question. I no, just just the Ottawa Senators. Obviously, a big win last night. Oh, yes. And and again, a team Detroit in front of them. You look at the Islanders have played so many more games than them. They're right in the thick of this playoff race. If they can get another win tonight over the Red Wings, how busy do you think Pierre Dorian and the Senators will be at the deadline? Well, first of all, odd schedule with respect to the back-to-backs in the same... It was a reschedule, wasn't it? Wasn't the game canceled because uh, yeah, of weather or something? Yeah, it was. It's still weird that they pulled this off. I mean, you don't really see that, so uh, whatever. I guess it makes it easier and less travel, but um, they've got to deal with the back-to-backs. There's been scouts that are looking at Cam Talbot. I know Vegas isn't very much in there uh, in terms of trying to bring him in. I think there's a possibility that they still move him while looking to improve their roster. Now, this team, while they are, as you said, you know, in it now with, within the race, I think three points out or four or two points out of uh, a wild card spot in the East, um, they're also taking the long-term picture in mind. And uh, from my understanding, after moving out Nikita Zaitsev, which they tried to do for a while, they, they managed to pull that off to Chicago. They had to pay a second and a fourth to do it, but they did it. It freed up a little bit of money, um, not just this year, but next as well. They are looking. As I mentioned earlier, they've kicked the tires, and, and I know there are a bunch of denials on this, but whatever, it happened uh, with respect to Mackenzie Weger. They've, they've asked about Colton Pareko. They've asked about other players um, that have term on their contracts. And if these players are available or if there's a market for them, give us a call. We'd like to get in on the action. That's kind of the messaging from Pierre Dorian and his staff with respect to a, a right-shot defenseman. They looked at Chikrin. I, I don't think they're paying that price. Um, I think they want somebody that they feel more comfortable with overall. Uh, but they are, they are looking for that, for that defenseman. I don't think they're going to play much of a factor in, in the rental game, not in the big players. Uh, maybe some tweaks here and there if they can win today. Is Thatcher Demko getting dealt before Friday? I'd be surprised. Um, I, I think this is a summer move. Uh, mainly, because, look, I know L.A. has been tied to this, and yes, they have expressed interest. I just don't think they're in a position right now to pull this off because they are looking to move um, someone out, get somebody to improve that left side of their defense. And Phoenix Copley has been great. Um, he's been really, really good for this team. Jonathan Quick, eh, not so much, but Copley has been solid. And if you're basically going to him and saying, hey, we're going to improve our decor and we're fully confident in you, we're riding you for the playoffs, that's just a confidence booster in and of itself for the player, which usually works out pretty well. Um, I don't know how far they're going to go, but they're, they're very confident in that goalie, especially in that room too. So that's a good sign. I don't think they go in uh, – Vancouver rather makes that move now. I'd be a little bit surprised. Um, I'd be probably a little bit more than surprised again, because just the marketplace isn't there. We're here in Buffalo. We're here in, you know, Pittsburgh. I think they go in different directions there um, to see if, if, if they can shore up their goaltending. I, I think a guy like Eunice Corposalo is someone that Pittsburgh's looking at um, to come in and just hold the fort for the time being behind Tristan Jari. But I do suspect that come summertime, we'll hear a lot more on Demko. There have been conflicting reports that he's welcome to a trade, would be open to it. He's denied it. He can deny it all he wants. That's the truth. Uh, so is he, has he asked for a trade? No. Would he welcome one? Yes. Call it semantics. Call it whatever you want. Uh, I, I would be surprised if he is uh, a Vancouver Canuck at the start of next season, to be perfectly blunt. Uh, David Pagnota, editor-in-chief of the fourth period, host and analyst on Sirius XM NHL Radio. David, great stuff. Uh, go recharge that phone, okay? Thanks for this. <laughs> 
You got it. Thanks so much, guys. Uh, there's David Pagnona on the NHL trade deadline coverage on Sportsnet three on Sportsnet nine sixty. It's brought to you by Atlas Pizza and Sports Bar. Using the same secret recipe since nineteen seventy five. Down in at sixty sixty Memorial Drive Northeast. Take out or delivery at four zero three two four eight thirty three forty four. It's just something about the deadline that gets your juices flowing, right? Oh yeah. Even like I'm sure you were much like me, like when you were a child, you were all like you're a precocious kid, like, oh, I can play GM here at the deadline. Uh-huh. I can do this. Mm-hmm. I, I know what teams should do right now. Yeah. I know I used to cut school in high school to watch the deadline. The thing was the Flames deadlines were always so boring. Yeah, but I was like I, I just wanted to watch everything what was gonna happen. Well, you didn't get excited in 09 when they sent a first to Phoenix for Ole Jokinen? <sighs> the first I, did, the I, first I, didn't pan out. I probably so. did. Get excited for it. It was, yeah. Brand, it was Brandon Gormley, but still. Mm. Yeah, I remember. I watched. Uh, I watched Ole Okunen play for the Flames in Buffalo years ago. He had two stints. Two there. stints. He, he was yeah. a non-factor. Also, he was a he was a Jet. Yes. <laughs> yes. Love me some Ole Okunen. Uh He he did play his best hockey in Florida. Oh, obviously, hundred percent. Hundred percent. Never the same Captain. player. After Captain he left in the there. Panthers. Yeah, not good. Um, lots to come still. Um. I told you about the Tom Brady story, how he wants to be a stand-up comedian. Can't wait for you, this. You've done a great job of sending us some. Dar- if Daryl Sutter wanted to do some stand-up comedy, send us some material. 960, 960, name and location. We'll do that. Um, I got to tell you why Steven Seagal is trending. We're going to do impossible Flames trivia for you to win tickets to the wing thing at Cowboys next week. We'll do that at 830, but straight ahead from the NHL on Sportsnet, Anthony Stewart talk about the deadline do we and i nailed two words the three words that patrick sent me uh we'll I'll do that next big show russick and rose sportsnet 960 uh gumption and precocious oh, sportsnet God. 960 the fan your number one spot for flames coverage can be found on flames talk with me pat steinberg exclusive interviews trusted insiders and the latest news listen live weekday afternoons at four or stream the flames talk podcast on demand Big show, Russick and Rose. Sportsnet 960, the fan live from Doug Lacey's Basement Systems downtown studio at the top of the hour. Our man, Julian McKenzie, covers the Flames for The Athletic. We're still taking your text at 960-960. I told you last hour, Tom Brady apparently wants to do stand-up comedy. And you've been doing a great job of sending us some Daryl Sutter material. We'll do that. I'll tell you why Steven Seagal is trending. Don't look it up. (laughs) And at 8.30, tell your friends, your family, your enemies, your loved ones, your exes, Impossible Flames trivia to win tickets at 8.30. But right now, my man from the NHL on Sportsnet, former first-round draft pick, former National Hockey Leaguer, Anthony Stewart. Stewie, how are you? I'm doing well right now. I wish I was a first-round prospect around this time. I probably would have got traded out of Florida and had a better career. Okay, uh, I, I sense a little bit of bitterness when it comes to that, Stewie. Um, <laughs> a little bit of bitterness there. I wanted to ask you, what what was it like being in an NHL dressing room during deadline? Did a lot of guys just take it as it's a business and this can happen? Or were guys legitimately worried about where they were going? Well, probably a little bit of both. And, you know, a lot of the times guys sort of have an idea just based on their contracts. If they're coming or they're going, are they going to be a pending UFA? and so I think a lot of guys, especially now, you know, when I played in the Southeastern Conference, you know, in the Floridas and the Carolinas, they're more worried about, you know, getting traded to somewhere that was cold. So 
Um, you know, it's almost like uh, the Green Mile. Everyone's just sort of looking around, you know, just waiting for the deadline to get uh, get done because you don't know who's going, who's coming, or who's going. So it's definitely a stressful time. And I always tell, uh, you know, the fans, you know, what about the dogs? You know, everyone, you know, looks at the hockey side, but, you know, pending UFAs, you know, they might be playing in three cities, living in three cities within a four-month period. You know, you got to pick mm-hmm. up, you got to leave, you got to get a hotel, then you got to find a place. And all those other things that uh, humanize the hockey player that go into it, uh, other than the hockey side as well. How long does it take, like, those guys when they get dealt? How tough is it just to get acclimated in a new city and build chemistry with line mates? Because we've seen it, we've seen it so many times, Stewie, at the deadline. A team makes a big move, and then it just feels like they don't fit into the team. Is that the underrated thing when we talk about deadline time? That, yeah, on paper it looks good, but there's also that chemistry aspect in all of this. Well, you do the math on, you know, the last couple of years with, you know, non-Stanley Cup winning teams. Like, how many players have really came in and moved the needle? But I think that's why you've seen a lot of these deals get done. Uh, you know, 10, 12 uh, games before the deadline because it takes time to build that chemistry. I know they have analytics right now saying, well, this person uh, plays well with no matter who they are on the ice with, but it takes time. It takes time to, uh, you know, I talked about Huberdo. You know, he's moving from Florida to to Calgary. Now he's got to worry about getting a new car, getting an apartment. So all those stress factors that really, really affect your play. And I know we're playing a lot of money and, you know, you have to perform and do your job, but naturally it just takes time you know, to get acclimated to a new system, a new line mates, a uh, new city, uh, new restaurants, new pillows. You know, I still got my pillow uh, from when I played in Florida, and I'll just say it's a little flaky to say the least, but that's, you know, that's how uh, rigorous some guys are with their superstitions. So, yeah. um, again, it's, there's a lot of pressure that goes on with being the game, but uh, I'm advocating for the players around this time because it's really, really a stressful time, but it's, well, it's very exciting. You know, it feels great to be wanted and coming into a new city and there's a bit of a, an adrenaline rush and, you know, you get excited meeting new people and new coaches and you feel wanted. So that's a bump too, uh, but it does take time. Wait, you, you same pillow the whole time, Stewie? Does it look oh, like yeah. Connor McDavid's yeah. socks? <laughs> <laughs> like how flat was that pillow, Stewie? <laughs> like how flat was that pillow, Stewie? Oh, it's, it's flat. It's flat. There's some dandruff there. Some, and, you know, it's, 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 I'll take a picture. I'll send it. I'll send it to you. Okay. <laughs> but use your burner account. Yeah. Don't use your real one. David Amber. Yeah. Ask, uh, ask David Amber for the, for the dirt pillow. <laughs> okay. Gross. I like oh, that's that. such a vile that is, term. That is gross. The um, dirt pillow. What? what? <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's awesome. Wanted to ask you this. Serious. Too bad by the way, dirt pillow. Yeah. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, wanted to ask you this, Stewie. Um, we saw that Brad Marchand also potentially almost suffered a very serious injury with the skate cut yesterday. Mm. Do we need to get to a point where like Kevlar socks should be mandatory in the NHL? I know like just like visors, a lot there was a lot of pushback on visors. No, I shouldn't have to wear a visor. And then eventually it just became mandatory and it was grandfathered in that if you come into the league, you have to wear a visor. Are we getting to a point because the game's even faster than it's ever been before that guys should be wearing have to wear Kevlar socks coming into the league? Well, I have a bit of a bone to pick on this because you know they uh, uh, they just shut down my BlackBerry and that battery could last for probably about forty eight hours. Now I'm on an iPhone and I got to charge my phone every single day. So my point on that is we can send a spaceship to the moon and be gone for six months, but. You know, how is the technology not there yet where, you know, this is not salt, right? How can you not have a material that is cut proof? You know, you're yeah. seeing people jumping into uh, the ocean with sharks and getting bit by sharks and not getting cut. So 
uh, yes, I think it should be mandatory. And, uh, you know, my father-in-law moved with us, moved in with us from Barbados three years ago, and he turned into a hockey fan watching a lot of the games. And every single game, he, he makes the comment, he's like, I don't understand how more people don't get cut by the blade. So I say, knock on wood, because that's something you don't want to put into the universe. But mm. the game is so fast. The guys are so big. They're so strong. Blades are going to be flying all over the place. You need to protect the players. So it's not just from the legs, but even around the arms and, uh, you know, the, the inside of the arms and the forearms and the wrists and all that. I think it should be mandatory. And this is coming from a guy that, you know, I didn't play with the visor. And, uh, again, I'm sitting with probably 50 stitches on my face, so I'm probably the wrong guy to ask. But, you know, I coach kids now. Uh, I am a father. And I think you want to see the safety uh, first. And you saw players like Taylor Hall get cut and warm up from, I think it was a uh, skate as well. Um, so again, where's the technology, you know, we're talking about putting money into crypto. I think you can make a lot of money in this game if you come out with a true cut resistant, uh, material. So I know there are some companies out there and, uh, you know, the daredevils and the war roads, but again, this, this should be mandatory because I think safety is paramount for a lot of these players right now with millions of dollars in their careers and, uh, health on the line as well. Now, could a sharp skate cut through that pillow of yours? Probably not. I okay. Think the buildup of the dandruff you know, makes a wall that's impenetrable, as Jason uh, <laughs> said. But okay. Let's let's get away from the pillow talk. All right. Okay. <laughs> it's not sweet enough for pillow talk. Uh, I wanted to ask you about chemistry with a new team, and I think is do you think it's different nowadays with social media and everybody being buddies in the off season as far as trying to get used to a new environment? Do you think that there's just so many connections across the game now that it's maybe a little bit easier than it used to be? Yeah, I, I think with sep, you know with uh, social media as you mentioned, there's you know almost uh, two degrees of separation and. You know, in the summertime, you know, I'm on the ice uh, running the pros through their, uh, you know, their, their 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 workouts during the summer, and there's guys probably from about 15 different teams, mm. and they're either close friends or they're close friends with one of their friends. So that connection is there too. So I think that definitely helps, um, you know, with with chemistry, right? And uh, you know, again, I played against uh, Ryan O'Reilly's brother Cal in the minors, and when he was with uh, Nashville, my brother played with Ryan O'Reilly. I think it was in Buffalo. Uh, as mm-hmm. well too so that connection is there where you know somebody that knows him so it makes it a lot easier you know to pick up the phone and say hey how's it going or let's go to lunch and again i know hockey players are naturally great guys but when you know somebody and know somebody it makes it a lot easier to be friends with them and get that chemistry going a lot sooner than later what have you made of uh this year's deadline and all of the teams getting out in front of it this year because man friday's broadcast i don't know what your role is going to be but i hope you've been uh, preparing some extra material I know I'm going to be jumping out of cake like this and that. I'm going to be working on my singing and doing a one-two dance number. I don't know. I'm going to tell some stories. I don't know. I'm going to sound like Buzz Killington out there telling stories from 1996. <laughs> so, uh, but it's going to be a great panel. Uh, you know, I think uh, Ryan Getzlaff is going to be there, Paul mm-hmm. Bissonnette. It's going to be a great number of guys there telling just old-time stories probably about the deadline. Uh, but, um, again, I just think it shows how serious these teams are right now and you know, they're mortgaging some big, big future picks. And, you know, you're looking at like Tampa Bay Lightning, identifying a guy and going above and beyond, regardless of what the public thinks. Like, this is our guy. We're going to pay uh, hell and high water to get it. So I, I like it, uh, especially in the Eastern Conference. I'm not sure what they're doing in the West. I think they're 
Are they uh, competing yeah. this year? But uh, the East is really, really loading up, and you're seeing the moves that the Rangers are getting in Tarasenko and Mott and Boston making moves and uh, New Jersey getting Meyer and uh, Achari and um, you know Ryan O'Reilly. It, it's a big, big arms race, and the exciting part is a lot of these teams are saying they're not done. So I, I like it. It's going to be for – Uh, A great Friday, and I'm excited to to work the broadcast. Anthony Stewart from the NHL on Sportsnet, former NHL on the Atlas Pizza and Sports Bar guest hotline, Big Show, Russick and Rose, 960. The fan, Stewie, um, the Jake McCabe deal by the Leafs yesterday, I I looked at it and I was like, huh? Like, really? That that much for those two guys? And, And I get it, you need those types of players to win in the playoffs, but what was your initial reaction when you heard about that deal? Because I just felt underwhelmed. Well, I'm going to cue up the uh, Magic Johnson meme where he says, I'm not going to be here. So when you're talking about, you know, second and thirds in 2025, and by the time they're ready to, um, you know, be ready to play in the NHL and be regulars, Kyle Dubas most likely won't be here. So um, I, you're looking at the deals that he's made. He hasn't given up a roster player yet or a top prospect. So, yes, you know, you, I know the analytics are there saying a late first rounder is equivalent to a couple second rounders. So, yeah. You have to build around the draft, but the window's closing right now, I think, for the Maple Leafs where, you know, you're not sure what's going to happen with Matthews and Needlander, you know, and the cap situation. Is it going up? Are they going to be able to afford some of these guys? So the window to win is probably within now and the next two seasons. So he's going all in. I understand that. And he's going out swinging. So I think you can respect that uh, as uh, people are here in Leafs Nation. So McCabe, I think he checks the box and what they need. They just need a, a puck-moving guy, stay at home, that can, uh, you know, make that good first pass and uh, rarely makes a, 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 a mistake in the defensive zone. So I, I like it. I like Lafferty. Lafferty's one of the fastest guys in the league. He can make some plays. He's got 10 goals as well, too. And I think they really hit a home run in getting Ryan O'Reilly and Achari. Those guys are fitting in seamlessly. So uh, I feel bad for my boy Wayne Simmons, but I don't think you've seen the last of him. I can see him getting it in the series if it gets a little uh, too truculent. Uh, but, again, depth is what you need to make a run, and the Leafs are loading up on that. And uh, the exciting part is <clears throat> I don't think they're done. What do you think uh, should happen with the local team here at the Calgary Flames? Because they got a couple games here. They're just outside of the playoffs. They don't have a ton of UFAs. They seem to be in a little bit of a holding pattern. And uh, wonder what you believe should be the kind of course of action here, given the the big offseason moves. Well, I'll, I'll tell a quick story here. When I was playing, you know, we used to always been told about David Ling, and David Ling would just be yelling and chirping the whole entire game. And the only thing that would shut David Ling up was when he yelled back at him let the kids play, you old goat, and he would shut up for the rest of the day, for the rest of the game. So I think that's what Calgary needs to do. you got to start working in some of these younger guys, the, the doers and the pelches, and giving them real roles, right? Because, again, you have to have your prospects step in. You have to have entry-level guys come in and perform meaningful roles. If not, you're going to have to overpay uh, a free agency and trading some guys right now, but you got to start building towards the future and working in some of these guys. So I think uh, – the Flames are a little bit long in the tooth, giving some of those younger guys an opportunity. But, again, I picked them to win the Cup. Uh, but, you know, the number one thing for that is goaltending. And Markstrom has just mm-hmm. been off. There's no way to dice it. He's been off this year. And, um, you know, I know uh, uh, Vladar has been, you know, filling in admirably for the most part. Uh, blew a 4-1 lead the other night, but that's neither here nor there. But you need to find a way to work in some of these young guys. So I think for the Flames right now, they're on the outside looking in. The next five games, I think, are going to dictate where they're going to be right now because, again, I think they got Minnesota twice, Toronto, Boston. It's it's going to be a tough, tough uh, hole to climb out of if they don't get their act together sooner than later. What have you made of this climb for the Colorado Avalanche late? 
Um, not surprising. <laughs> yeah. It's a little bit shocking, a little bit because of all the injuries they've had. But, um, you know, I go back to, you know, a couple of years ago when Tampa Bay lost to uh, Columbus. I think it was probably the only prediction that I made correctly since um, because they didn't go through any adversity. They, everything was rolling, the power play, they were injury-free. Uh, but I think Colorado now is, is peaking at the right moment. They know when to turn the foot, put the foot on the gas. They're not obviously not intentionally trying to lose games, but they know when to peak, when to really work and focus on certain details of the game right now. So I think for Colorado, like, I would not be surprised to see them. You know, I think they're, what, three or four points out of, of the top of that division there too. Like, they're going to be they're gonna be at the top, and that's where they should be now with the injuries, uh, guys coming back. But, uh, again, to be the man, you got to beat the man. I think Colorado <laughs> is, is a heavy favorite uh, in that West, I think, with Vegas and Dallas as well. The West is fascinating because there's a lot of moving and shaking still to be done, but out East, it feels like we pretty much have a couple of set matchups already. The Leafs and the Lightning, the Devils and Rangers looking like they're trending for a head-to-head matchup as well. Um, I, I guess we'll start with the, the first one, Leafs and Lightning. Lightning. Do you like what both the teams have done? And do you think that the moves have maybe given one team an edge over the other? Uh, well, the Lightning, they, they, they got the, the, you know, they have the pedigree, right? Where they've been there. They know what it takes. They know that uh, how to deal with the adversity, but they know exactly what type of player they need to fill a hole, right? You've seen these guys come in over the years. You saw Jake Paul come in last year and score some big goals in game seven. So I think with Toronto, they're rolling the dice in some of these guys where they don't know exactly what they're doing. But I think this is the year. It has to be the year that Tampa, uh, Toronto gets over the hump. It has to be. If not, I think I'm going to believe the conspiracy theorists that we're living in a matrix here because there's no way it could happen again, can it? But uh, we'll check in on that uh, a little bit later. But uh, I think Toronto, this is finally the year that they beat them, beat them because, again, I think the <laughs> big four understand the importance of this. Here we uh, go. I really like the complimentary pieces right now. But yeah. if I'm wrong on this prediction, don't don't bother asking me because I'm not even answering my phone. Okay, yeah. Um, again, a lot of pressure. And again. Gotta love the playoff format, Stewie. Gotta love the playoff format. You gotta play. No problem for the Leafs. Uh, play the Lightning and then play the Bruins potentially in the next round. No problem. Uh, Anthony Stewart, NHL on Sportsnet. Uh, Anthony, thanks for this, and we're looking forward to the photo of the pillow. All right. Thanks a lot, guys. Appreciate it. All right. But but the burner account, Stewie. The burner account, not yours. At David Amber. Okay. Sounds good. Thanks. There he goes, Anthony Stewart. NHL on Sportsnet. He'll be doing the deadline coverage. NHL trade deadline coverage, by the way, Maddie, on Sportsnet 960 is brought to you by Atlas Pizza and Sports Bar using the same secret recipe since 1975. Dine at 6060 Memorial Drive Northeast. Takeout or delivery at 403-248-3344. All right. Uh-huh. I gave you the, uh, the story at the beginning of the show. What story did you give me at the beginning of the show? <laughs> Thanks for the setup. Just put it on a tee for me there. <laughs> You're pro's pro. Thanks, bud. Uh, Tom Brady is apparently, according to his inner circle, he wants to jump into the stand-up comedy game Nothing. because of his movie 80 for Brady. Yeah, which He is had such a nice a little role, and apparently he's really funny in it. We all went to see it, right, boys? Yeah, no. Cricket um, sound effect. He, uh, he thinks he can... Do some stand-up comedy. Yeah, great. And I gave you one of his jokes earlier. Yeah. Was this is this actually one of his jokes? Or is yeah, this just it's a bad one of his jokes joke that you... from this story. Um, from a what, guy who's never ridden on a commercial flight before. But continue. Uh, what did the linebacker say to the flight attendant? Put me in, coach. Uh, yeah. 
So we it's asked so you a, bad. We asked you a 960, 960 name and location. If Daryl Sutter, the head coach of your Calgary Flames, wanted to do some stand-up comedy, why don't you text in some of his material? <laughs> some of these are good. Some of these are bad. <laughs> but we're going to read them. Most of them are bad. Texty McTexterson's going to read them anyway. Our Sportsnet 960, the fan text reading robot. Oh, Texty, make us laugh. Wedley in Calgary, who is a Pirates' favorite hockey player. Anzacopitarur. Signed, Daryl. This is going to be so... Yeah. <laughs> With Texty doing it, too, yeah. for this wordplay? Yeah, this there wasn't enough. Kopitar. More I needed more yeah, R. Yeah, the R, he just goes like... R, 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 R. <laughs> I still want to hear that. R. I still want to hear that. Okay, okay. We'll, get it, we'll get it after here. Okay. All right, all right. What else, Texty? Nick in Langdon. What do the French guys on Pittsburgh drink before games? Hmm? Latang. Yeah, I, I Tang. Yeah, la, he's French. Latang. Latang. Like Tang. A- astronaut's yeah. favorite drink. Yeah, Tang. Astronaut's yeah. favorite drink. Do they even sell Tang still? I think they do. I'm sure you can buy it. When's yeah. the last time you had Tang? Um, <laughs> never. This just makes me think of the Simpsons joke with uh, with Homer calling Bill Clinton, and you know. You know, I'm not even going to go there because Tang's got another meaning, too. Mm. Oh, yeah, you can buy it on Instacart, Walmart. Oh, okay. Right Tang. All orange, right. Orange drink mix. Great. Woo. Heck yeah. You get yourself a big old uh, 2.2 kilogram container for 11.50. All right. Uh, what else we got, Texty? Matt in Calgary. Not me. One of our guys is having a fly and mosquito issue in his house. Yeah, he apparently left Sador off. <sighs> he left Zadora because he has a bug issue in his house. Ah, Zadora. That's so dumb. It's not bad. That's so dumb. <laughs> That's not bad. <laughs> not bad. <laughs> God, I hate that I like it. It's not bad. Oh, crap. That's pretty clever. Good for you. All well right. done. All right. Who is that? Matt? Matt in Calgary. That's Good Matt job. In Calgary, yeah. All right. <sighs> what else? Make us laugh, Texty. Dwayne in Calgary. If Daryl Sutter was a comedian, he would be sitting on stage telling his jokes about his players until Huberto marches on stage, slaps him, and screams. What? Keep my number out of your mouth. Wow, that's aggressive. <sighs> that, that, there was not a lot of fun there. Yeah, that no, was... there's, not, there's not a lot of fun with that one. Yeah, those... Um, well, that's I, what Alan Walsh said. There's I, not a lot of fun here. I get really uncomfortable when I go see stand-up and someone in the crowd feels like it's their time to shine. Shut your mouth. Yeah. Let the comedian do his job. No, you're not getting yeah. paid to do your... Shut your mouth. Go home. Um, How many more you got there? Two. Okay. Jeremy in Calgary. Daryl Sutter, stand up. I asked my cattle if we were going to make the playoffs this year. They said said it would be utterly impossible. <laughs> utterly oh. impossible. Utter. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, no, I yeah. Get it. You get it? They have utters. Yeah, uh, can I get so it all for that, impossible. Alex? Can I get a groan? Oh. All right. One more texty, keep them rolling in. Mike in Calgary. Sutter stand up. You know what the difference is between NHL players and cattle? Mm, it's easier to get cattle all moving in the same direction. <sighs> <laughs> Again, I appreciate I appreciate the effort. I appreciate the, the effort. <sighs> it's one thing to like put your chin out there and put your best foot forward. We can appreciate that. I was hoping for some 
<laughs> something a little different, but that's fine. Yeah. These were great. Yeah. These were great. These they, are good. They're, they're still rolling in here. Yeah, keep them rolling in throughout the show. Um, I think we can mix them in at 8.30 when we do Impossible Flame, Flames Trivia. For your chance to win uh, tickets to the fifth annual wing-off in support of Calgary Kids Sport <laughs> at Cowboys. Free tickets to that. Yeah. When we play Impossible Flames Trivia. Real, like, uh, a fun event. I've call, been there before. It's a lot of fun. Text, um, email, um, <laughs> I, whatever, what, ICQ, what is- um, poke them on Facebook. <laughs> poke them. <laughs> do whatever you need to do on Snapface yep. to tell them that. We're doing Impossible Flames trivia Poke them at eight thirty. Point of poking. Yeah, I, know. I don't know. I never got. That. I never. You see, you see, Patrick. The way the way you poke somebody is when you were a creeper ah. and you see somebody from high school. You're like, oh, okay, she looks pretty good. I'm gonna poke her. Well, that's what I kind of thought. Is like, oh, yeah, okay, it's I want creepers. Like, I'm just letting you know that. Hey, I'm. Yeah, I, I want to talk. Whatever means necessary. Whatever social media thing you're doing. Impossible Flames trivia at 8.30 for your chance to win some tickets. And we have a bet going on in the show between Matt and Patrick. Who can get closest to the actual answer? Mm -hmm. A coffee's on the line. Yeah, it's a big deal. Yeah, huge deal. Humongous Uh, Straight ahead, Julian McKenzie covers the Flames for the Athletic. We'll tee up the Bees and Flames tonight down at the Dope. Gary Bettman will be in the building. That's something, I guess. Yeah. I think you're going to like this. The bet dog. He's going to be there uh, watching the game. He was in Edmonton last night watching the Oilers and Bruins. Lots still to come. And I'll tell you why Steven Seagal's trending, too. We'll do all of that. It's the big show, Russick and Rose. Sportsnet 960, the fan. I have two trades to. I have. That's good. Kopitar. (laughs) 